What's up, everyone? Welcome back to For New Eyes Only, the James Bond retrospective podcast where I'm watching the movies for the very first time. And we're back. Everybody. We did it. We're, we're at the end of Connery, and now we're talking uh-huh. about our favorite Connery movies. We're going to rank them for you. We're going to let you yeah. know what we like as far as rankings go in the Connery era of movies. Nathan, how are you doing, buddy? Hi, fucking yeah! That's how I'm doing. <laughs> because we got some rage cage in the house this week, too. We are going to be breaking down a couple of major James Bond fan theories. And uh, we, we teased this up at the end of the last episode, but we're talking about a Bond-adjacent film. Maybe by mistake, definitely by mistake. We're also going to talk about <laughs> The Rock, directed by Michael fucking Bay today. Michael fucking Bay. Starring uh, Nicolas Cage and Sir Sean Connery. Two people we love to talk about. <laughs> and a fully stacked cast. We'll get into that in a minute, too. But uh, yeah, I, I am so stoked to to be able to kind of look back on where we've come from and where we're going next. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing. First off, I want to say thank you to everybody out yes. there who's been watching and listening to the Bond episodes, at least the last couple of Bond episodes on YouTube. Uh, we've gotten some good responses, some good comments, people interacting with us. Thank you so much. We're so happy that you guys are enjoying the episodes. We, we love, we love the notes. Seriously. Like we yeah. love the, we love the interaction. I love you. I'm glad we got that out of the way. <laughs> Debate us. Like, it's it's really fun. Like, that's what this whole show is, is talking about what works for us and what doesn't. And so, like, if you love something that we didn't, we still want to hear about it. Both of us know perfectly well what we are talking about, Mr. Bond. Absolutely. And if you, and if you hated something that I loved, I still want to hear about it. Look, <laughs> I spent a lot of time 30 days ago talking about the good stuff in Diamonds Are Forever. I tend to notice little things like that. I get it. <laughs> Well, someone decided to actually tell us about the good stuff in Thunderball because we weren't we didn't talk too highly of Thunderball. No, but... and and I loved that. Like I yeah. and I I fully I fully agree that it is a revolutionary film that just I don't know it hasn't necessarily aged super well for me. But it's still I mean the worst Bond is still uh, something that I want to and you know watch with my eyeballs. Obviously, right. I mean we we want to have fun talking about movies, and, and that's how- not the worst Bond. I'm just saying, like my my worst day with James Bond is better than my best day with Dominic Toretto. You know, <laughs> that's because you're not all about family, sir. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Speaking of which, go back and listen to Nathan's other podcast, Silver Linings Playlist. They just talked about Fast and Furious. It's a good episode. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, the most famous line, I think, from this movie, you can have any brew you want as, as long, long as, as it's, it's a corona. corona. So so I can't have anything I want. Yeah. And, and then they share a Snapple. Yeah. <laughs> and they do. Oh, yeah. Lots of Snapple in this movie, He's too. Like, All right. I'll have a Snapple <laughs> instead. Uh, yeah. And then Vince, too, for the for not for nothing being like he gives this like angry kind of growl almost about him taking his beer. I'm uh-huh. like, dude, just get another beer. Yeah. I, I know you feel emasculated in this moment, but it, it's a Corona. Like, who cares? Just get another one. <laughs> yeah. Go, they're twelve ninety five. Yeah. Uh, well, that's actually now now with inflation. Yeah, I would be kind of I would be kind of upset. <laughs> like, man, I can't afford I got to take out a loan to get a fucking 12 pack. What a strange movie. But yeah, that is how we celebrated Thanksgiving was talking about family. <laughs> Just got to be with the family, man. <laughs> but yes, I came across these theories about The Rock being a mm-hmm. sort of secret James Bond movie quite a mm-hmm. little while back. Mr. John Mason, we need your help. 
The name's Bond, James Bond. And when Nathan and I started discussing doing a Bond um, podcast, we were like, it would be fun to kind of throw this in and talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. for this episode, we're not only going to be ranking the Connery movies, we're also mm-hmm. going to talk about The Rock a little bit with you and kind of give yeah. you our feelings about, is it is it a James Bond movie, secret James Bond movie? And we don't know. We'll, we'll discuss. Well, enjoy yourself. And unless uh, Nicolas Cage is hired to replace Daniel Craig, I feel like this is our only chance to really talk about Cage on, on this show. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? Yeah, I, I saw a funny comment uh, mm-hmm. when I was going through the fan theory stuff about The Rock, and someone's comment said, it's a, it's a shame that Connery's last Bond girl was Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage is definitely... Uh, Kind of, kind of the Bond girl of this movie. He totally sure. is. He totally. Nicholas Cage is. Yeah, he's kind of the Bond girl. He's kind of the comic relief. He's almost the quarrel of the film. He's almost the uh, the Karim Bay of the film in some spots. Holly Karim Bay. Back to the salt mines. Which sounds like, a, I mean, Nicholas Cage is very whiny in this movie. It sounds like something he would say. So I took the rest of the day off. Glass wine, little guitar. Just relax. Actually, let's just go ahead and get into it. We'll start talking about it as we get into the movie. But as we normally do when we're talking about a movie on this show, I'm going to throw it over to Nathan. He's going to give us the breakdown of The Rock in 007 mm-hmm. seconds or less. If this is a secret James Bond movie, he's going to tell us what the plot is in seven seconds. Let's go for it. We'll see. This is a little this is a little wordy, and I still had to cut some stuff out. Weirdly complex movie uh, in spots. Yeah. 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 All right, you ready? Uh-huh. Three, two, one, go. With the help of a chemical expert, mysterious criminal John Mason must infiltrate Alcatraz and foil a biological attack on San Francisco. Oh, oh, just under the wire. 6.88 seconds. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's going to take us more than seven seconds to explain why this might be a Bond movie, though. (laughs) So the funny thing about this, this fan theory that has followed this movie for years is that it's sort of two fan theories in one. It hinges on a theory that I hate to then get into a theory that I like. Okay. Uh, the first one of which, and you, you may have come across this in some of your research, is that some people have tried to explain away the recasting of Bond over the years, as, but with the fact that some people remain the same, some actors remain the same. But that the James, years change. That James Bond is a code name of sorts. Right. The Eon films have consistently established that these are different actors playing the same character, and that character's real name is James Bond. So right. the idea is that James Bond, in addition to 007, is a code name? <laughs> I just feel like that's like putting a hat on a hat, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and also, I mean, without spoiling anything, we will get into territory in later movies that sort of fully disprove the idea that James Bond is a code name. Like we will see, right? Okay, this is a guy who has been through these things before. Um, I mean, it almost helps Diamonds Are Forever a little bit, right? When you're when you're like, well, why doesn't he care about Tracy anymore? And it's like, well, this motherfucker wasn't married to Tracy. But at the same time, Lazenby goes through his desk and pulls out connery's props so exactly. what are we doing here <laughs> yeah yeah and, and you know and again like we've talked about the you know the bond movies not having the greatest continuity mm-hmm. and you know villains don't know who bond is in one movie and they know who he is in the other one <laughs> sure so yeah there's a lot of that there and me watching the rock like 
The Rock was always a movie I enjoyed just for the fact that it was a crazy Michael Bay, Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage action movie. Sure, same. Uh, also, also that I honeymooned in San Francisco, and I've actually been to Alcatraz. Yeah. I've, I've been to the Palace of Fine Arts where they, where they meet up with his daughter and everything. So I'm seeing places that I've actually been to in my life. Yeah. So that's like that's I have cool. a I have a soft spot for The Rock for those reasons. But now that we're watching these Bond movies, yeah. And I, I stumbled upon a video um, from a particular. Uh, let me get it to it. It's Pentex Productions. Yes, released. that's a great video. It breaks it down really well. There's also, um, I mean, there's a ton of essays and stuff. Cracked has broken it down. Screen Rant's broken it down. But that right. video goes hard on it like dates and everything if you don't mind watching a talking penguin explain to you why this is a bond movie and i don't i it turns <laughs> out turns out i don't <laughs> i'll uh, i'll leave the link to the to the video in the description Ooh. box below it's 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 a great video i highly suggest you watch it but we're going to talk about some of the points they make in there yeah. um but yeah i i I'm, I'm with you as far as like the code name thing as well like i I'm watching the Connery movies now, and mm-hmm. I know that there's going to be shifts in the people that are Bond in the movies. Mm-hmm. So how how do you make all of this work, especially when you still have M and uh, Q and certain characters sure. that are going to continue on? It's like, OK, if these characters are the same, why do we have a new? But, you know, disconnect. You know, you just got to disconnect that stuff. People are saying that, but they can accept that. James Rhodes can be Don Cheadle and Terrence Howard. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, it's, this is Hollywood. Things don't always go perfectly. People right. don't always get paid what they want to get paid. So therefore right. you get new people. Exactly. But what, what, what does work for me in this theory, and I don't buy it because clearly, I mean, Jerry Bruckheimer, the producer of the film has said, no, that's not what this movie was, Yeah. but it's, it's a fun line you can draw where if someone wants, if you want to watch this movie, imagining that John Mason is a retired, disavowed James Bond, it works. It it does after I get those theories given to me. Yeah. I, I purposefully, you know, we put the movie on, started uh-huh. watching it, and I really, I didn't take very many notes because I was like, I'm focusing on Sean Connery's Mason character in this mm-hmm. movie. I want to know if this holds up. And honestly, watching The Rock, I got to a specific point where I was like, I don't know if this really works. Like, yeah. I, ha- I hadn't watched the video uh, in, sure. in detail uh, for a while, so I wasn't sure what the points were that they were going to be bringing up. Right. Um, and watching the movie, I was like, ah, I kind of got out of it about halfway through the movie because I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know how much this really does line up. Like, it wasn't working for me, and that was weird Considering I've just watched all of these Sean Connery movies. Totally, yeah. And the, and the biggest thing that got me was they talk about him being imprisoned in 62. And I'm like, well, Dr. No is in 63. Dr. No came out in 1962. Oh, okay. So so if he was imprisoned in 62, how is yeah. he? Like, that's how, so but, that's, that's where it, it kind of lines up. He breaks out at some point in 63, just in time for him to return for From Russia With Love. Right. And then we learned that his daughter was born in 72, which is shortly after the release of Diamonds Are Forever in 71. And exactly. It's, it's a bizarre little timeline that sort of lines up. And you get the idea that like, and, and I and I love in this video, he points out like. So to me, it's entirely plausible that Bond was captured by the US while using the fake name of John Mason, put in Alcatraz, and MI6 decided to just leave him there. Right. Felix Leiter shows up at the end of Dr. No, 
he's not there to just help him. Like he's going to have to be debriefed. He's he might get arrested. Someone right. needs a scapegoat. We don't know what happened on this island that you just blew up, you know, or that, you know, <laughs> you've, you've boiled everyone alive. Um, and I and I, I don't know. I, there's there's parts of it that like, yeah, you, you it does require some. uh some hand waving and some like leaps in logic but it's fun i think it's a fun thought experiment to go into this movie thinking okay yeah that's that's james bond yeah um, i mean if you like the movie just for mm -hmm. what it is on the surface mm -hmm. this just makes it all that much more fun yeah totally like you're, you're just you're you're watching the whole time going okay is this james bond and there's references throughout the movie to, I mean, it's about an hour and a half in the movie when they finally drop that he was SAS. Right. But like, there's all these, there's, I mean, uh, Harry Mason is uh, not Harry Mason. What is his name? <laughs> John Harry Mason. Harry Mason. Harry Mason's the bat is the guy from Silent Hill. <laughs> so John Mason, he, he loves, he likes a suit. I want a suit, a shower, a shave the feel of a suit i want you to bring me room service all these things that have become hallmarks of these especially the connery bonds mm -hmm. you know how many times have we joked about like are we he's checked into three hotels in this movie and we watched the whole process right and his knowledge <laughs> of fine wines and oysters oh yeah and he's, and he's, he's a history and... guy yeah he knows he knows all these quotes he can just pull like at one point he's just naming people who were wrongfully imprisoned mm -hmm. he speaks latin like it's it's a lot and and right. i'm it's for me it's not much of a elite also british secret service but has a thick scottish accent that no one ever acknowledges like right. at one point at one point one of the bad guys literally goes english prick I tell you, my old man was Irish. And I just wanted Connery to like grab him by the face and go, <laughs> I'm Scottish. Well, thank you for making my point. That would have been great. Out a, or pull out a sword and say, I'm Egyptian, like in Highlander. <laughs> and I'm at your service. It was the year that kind of threw me off when sure. they say he was imprisoned in 62. Sure. So therefore, my brain sort of turned off a little bit. But right. Well, because the 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 reveal of his second arrest doesn't come until later, right? And there's also stuff that doesn't make any sense, which is pointed out in this video. But like, as I was watching the movie, I was like, "Wait, when was Kennedy assassinated?" Because they he hid this microfilm <laughs> right. in nineteen or that that was that in he hid this microfilm in sixty one or sixty two that supposedly reveals who killed Kennedy. Honey. Uh... Well, no, really killed JFK. Which happened in 63. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just... But what I think, what I what they say in the video that made mm -hmm. me sort of turn my head on that theory is yeah. he stole it in 72, and that's when he was arrested and, and incarcerated. Right. At, where we're at in this movie. For, right. for yes. stealing the microfilm. When they did reveal that information, I also instantly went to the end of From Russia With Love where mm -hmm. they have the film and the information and he just and throws it in the water. He has the lector too, yeah. like the, the, the decoding device. Yeah. Right. And I was like, Oh, maybe that's what they're. Cause again, I, I, I hadn't watched the theory video. So mm -hmm. I was trying to piece it together myself. And obviously I haven't been paying close enough attention to these movies, but that was the, that was the connection I made, even though it's like not, that. it's not what they were going for. And a lot of this is stuff that you kind of have to infer for yourself. I mean, 
the the video that we're talking about he goes so deep as to like look up when when fairies stopped going to the island for a while and when led zeppelin was touring when rocket launches were happening at canaveral (laughs) i mean it's great i would recommend everyone go watch this yeah i told you i was going to look at this in way too much detail i think even just with the jumps that you have to make to buy into this theory it's still fun it's just kind of fun to think of it as like an alternate take on james bond that he stole this stuff from the the u.s government while he was hiding under an alias and of course as we've been told multiple times if a double o is compromised mi6 will disavow them they, they they'll say like you don't exist for queen and country it's and we know a... this guy loves to go rogue oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> On Her Majesty's Secret Service was mostly a rogue James Bond. Sure. Even though we're not talking about that James Bond right now. He tries to quit immediately. Like, mm-hmm. he loves it. I mean, I one of my, we'll get there eventually, but my biggest complaint with the Craig era is that he really only works for MI6 fully for one movie. <laughs> yeah. Every other time they're just trying to be like, hey, where the hell is this guy? We need him real quick. Come yeah, here, buddy. Let's- Hey, M, we're going to go hide out at my mansion. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> um, but we're also introduced to Stanley Goodspeed, uh, <laughs> which sounds like a Bond girl name. Oh, yeah. And and he is literally greeted with the same line of dialogue Connery uses to greet Plenty O'Toole. Hi, I'm Plenty. But of course you are. I'm Stanley Goodspeed. But of course you are. At least he got his name right. <laughs> and that, again, watching the video, yeah. I didn't, I did not even pick up on the one-liners in the rock mm-hmm. going, that's some shit Bond would say. Uh, I, I, yes. think, I think just being the fact that, you know, it really, it, it feels like a Michael Bay movie. It doesn't feel like a Bond movie. Boy, it so, sure feels like a Michael Bay movie. It's, <laughs> it's 40 minutes too long. There are too many characters. Yep. There's explosions over the opening credits that don't do anything. It, they're just, it will cut to fire between people's names. It's really funny. Um, but the introduction of Stanley and yeah. him getting the, the Beatles record and he's a Beatlemaniac. And I was really surprised with Nicolas Cage in this movie. A lot of the Cageisms that we, that we associate Cage yeah. with come from this movie. Yes. I was going to ask you. And this is like a, this is the eternal question. Is he good in this movie? I'm sorry. This is his most, I would say, like generic performance. I'd agree. I think. I, I think he gets really good towards the end when he's going all commando and, <laughs> yeah. you know, in, yeah, Uma Thurmaning himself in the chest. <laughs> like, but like, yeah, way, yeah, way not even close to your heart. It, like, he oh might have been he, he stabbing puts, himself in the freaking stomach. He's got Tommy Wiseau's aim. Like, it's in his <laughs> belly button. Hi, babe. I also kept waiting every time they cut to that trolley in the chase scene. I kept waiting for, for Tommy Wiseau to, like, stand up. <laughs> Stop ramming us, you bastard. Okay. We should start a petition right now. Uh-huh. Tommy Wiseau is the next Bond villain. Tommy Wiseau is the next Bond. I would oh, watch the it. next Bond as the okay. next Bond. <laughs> oh hi, Em. <laughs> Don't shoot at me, motherfucker. You're making my case right now. It yeah. would be, it would be gold. 
but it's a it's a remake of Casino Royale. All the same actors except for him. Yeah, yeah, he's got to act apart from uh, what's his name? Ava, uh, Ava yeah, Green gotta, and he's got to act oh, apart Mads from Mikkelsen. Ava Green and Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. <laughs> two very good actors across from Tommy Wiseau. I mean, there is literally a scene where Bond has a dress delivered to her hotel room. And like when she comes out, he can just be like, wow, you look so sexy, Vesper. I would do anything for my girl. Matheson, three's a crowd, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, saw no, him, I... I saw him do a Q&A last, last November in New Orleans. And he is so dismissive and sweet at the same time it's the strangest thing because like every he every time he answers a question he does like three words and then says move on so like someone's like what's your favorite movie and he's like i like all movie what's yours anyway next question it's the funniest <laughs> thing it's so strange I, he's yeah he's what funny. i've seen what i've seen of him in interviews is he answers questions without answers yes like, he just is completely vague on everything that you ask about. They're like, like what, what's your favorite scene in the room? And he goes like, I just love this movie and you can enjoy it. Just don't hurt anybody. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> and that's how I feel about The Rock. You can enjoy this fan theory. Just don't hurt anybody. Right, right. Well, I was just going to say on the microfilm thing, right? Like, so this movie slowly reveals that we're the reason that uh, Mason has been arrested is because he's got all these state secrets hidden right. uh, stuff that uh, that was kept by the FBI back in the day and the movie casually reveals that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald didn't kill John F. Kennedy mm -hmm. and that aliens exist <laughs> like there is a line of dialogue where Womack is literally literally says like this man knows our most intimate secrets from the last half century. The alien landing at Roswell, the truth about the JFK assassination. And Mason's angry. He's lethal. He's a train killer. And he is the only hope that we have got. It's insane. It's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. And I like yeah. where they go in the in the video too about how Womack was the one that he was partnered with yes, in the FBI. I like that idea. Yeah. who ended up fucking him over and getting him put yeah. in jail. I, and and that's why he's got this hatred for him and doesn't yeah. want like he doesn't want to be in the same room with the guy cuz he knows that he fucked him over. Like I like that aspect of it as well. And and that's like a nice bit of like uh, ambiguity and 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 complexity for this character that in any other movie would just be the hard ass. I right. feel the same way about William Forsythe's character because we're so used to seeing him just cussing people out telling them to, you know, get the job done. And in this movie, he's the one who's like, I don't want to fucking shoot missiles at people. <laughs> right. It's really weird seeing that dude trying to be like PC throughout this movie. Yes. Because he's usually the one dropping all the F-bombs, killing mm -hmm. motherfuckers left and right. Right. William Forsythe is a guy that I have watched almost my entire life. Uh-huh. I don't think people talk about that guy enough. Like, no. The range. I think that guy could be in a romantic comedy and a horror movie and give a great performance in both. Like, yeah, he just, yeah. he's one of those, like, he's like a unicorn in acting, man. Like he can just be anywhere at any time he's and a give a good Hyde. performance. I well, hopefully will be talking about him relatively soon on the VHS files. Also, I got to say, I mean, th this cast is so stacked. I mean, we're, we're talking uh, Sean Connery, Nick Cage, but Ed Harris, David Morse. Dude. Um, Ed Harris, I think, would be a, an amazing Bond villain. 
Yes. Yeah. It's it's wild that he never got the chance to. I mean, we've got Bokeem Woodbine. Uh, it's so weird <laughs> seeing John C. McGinley as a Marine. Tony fucking Todd, bruh. I wrote this down. If you pay really close attention to the way that that, sh- that insane shootout, the kill box basically uh-huh. is like edited. I think we can now say that Michael Bain is the one actor to have been killed by an alien, a predator, a terminator, and Candyman. And Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, uh, another another actor that I don't think gets enough credit is Michael Bean, dude. He's like, so great. He, he's so great. He is good in everything, man. Yeah. And he's when he's bad, he's awesome. When he's good, he's <laughs> awesome. Like yeah. It's just it, it he's a crazy actor that for whatever reason didn't get much work later on in his career, but everything that I had seen him in mm-hmm. before, like I mean Terminator, come on. Uh, it, he was on uh he was on The Mandalorian last season too, right, wasn't he? Yeah. Right. It's fantastic um, in that. Um and I I yeah, he's he's great. He's also one of the visual inspirations for Solid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid series. Like, I mean like the guy <laughs> is an icon. Yeah. And what I found interesting about him as well in Aliens is he was originally not supposed to be cast as mm, mm-hmm. um is he Hicks no He's Hicks. He's Hicks in that one. Yeah. Um, uh, he wasn't supposed to be cast as Hicks in Aliens. Really? He was like replaced at the last minute. And which is weird because all of those actors like trained together in like a military setting so they could get that sort of camaraderie right. so, with one another. So he wasn't at the boot camp. Right. And he That's, can't. He, I never knew that. And he came in late and like you could never tell, dude. Like he, he, he rules. in that movie, he runs that squad like mm-hmm. he fucking is their captain. Yeah. And it's he's just an amazing actor. He also did a movie with Nicolas Cage called Deadfall. Have you seen Deadfall? This is no way I would ever make a mistake like that. Is that the one where I think I've seen clips from it. Deadfall is the one where Nicolas Cage does the like Somebody's got to kill me, man. <gasps> yes. He it's it's <laughs> it's uh I don't know if you've listened to the band Snot but they have a song no. called they have a song called Deadfall and they use clips from the movie in it and that's yeah. the first place I'd ever heard anything like that but he, uh Michael Bean is in that movie the, as well. He, he does coke and he's just like <sighs> we my, my old band and I used to quote this line all the time where it was like I know what this is you're trying to snuff me out because it's easy little nephew or like he's like yes, yes. it's the most it. insane performance and and he steals the show in that movie however michael bean is the star of that movie i had no idea i've so, never seen it i've just seen literally like a super cut of cage like oh. flipping out in that movie the fucking hangers! <laughs> <laughs> that's a movie oh, i would love for you and i to watch and talk about i know what this is if you want to see if you want to see Nicolas Cage being Nicolas yeah. Cage with in a movie with Michael Bean, go check out Deadfall. And if you want to see uh, Tony Todd stand directly in front of a rocket so Nicolas Cage can get in a James Bond one-liner. Uh, it's you. You're the rocket man. Watch The Rock. Dude, The Rocket Man joke is You're the Rocket Man. Awful. It's terrible. <laughs> it's so it's bad. Terrible. And it's like, how is that? So Bokeem Woodbine, it, to me, is secretly one of the best supporting like character actors uh-huh. in Hollywood. I think he's I think he's a genius. Every time he shows up in something, I think he's so good. But he has a moment in this movie when 
when Ed Harris shoots him in the neck and kills uh-huh. him, he it, it's, it's only on screen for half a second, but he has this look on his face like like it is confusion and betrayal and he's uh-huh. and he's dead. He's immediately dead. And it is I'm like, that is the best acted 0.5 seconds in this movie. And then <laughs> five minutes later, we've got Rocket Man. We've got Nick Cage shoving an acid ball in evil Will Forte's mouth. Uh, that's all I could think of was he looks like evil Will Forte. you're absolutely right (laughs) um what's his name gregor gregory spore leader is captain fry uh Uh, my biggest issue with all of that is is that Mm -hmm. fucking that acid ball would have burst 15 minutes earlier with all the rolling around he was doing well this movie plays fast and loose with how nerve gas works because it's like a nerve agent that makes your skin bubble like (laughs) (laughs) well i think the idea about that was its close proximity of it because from what i understand from the movie it's a it's supposed to be airborne and the the, the reason yeah. it's so deadly is because when it is airborne it spreads faster but okay. if you're within the vicinity of it if one of those balls breaks uh-huh. it's it's you're done for that's why they have to lock the guy in the room that's why the guy i buy this so but that's a hell of a weapon man like it's some serious yeah. shit yeah. um i do have and to it say is, it feels like a bond plot and a, a, we even get a, a thunderball-esque scene with them all frogmanning into alcatraz from below yeah. like i i i buy this as a stealth bond sequel even though that's not what the intent was right all of the knowledge that he has and how he's able to escape alcatraz and when they get in there and he's talking about how he had to time the fire blast so he could roll through the thing to get out and yeah it's like yeah that that seems like some shit sean connery's bond would do i love that he does that i also love that he's like i hope they haven't rebuilt any part of alcatraz in the last 30 years right and i'm like not only that but like you your reflexes aren't can't be the same that they were in 1963 right and that's um, also what I really like about when he's saying he's getting off the island. He's just, he peace out. I'm done. Yeah. Um, he comes back and it's, you know, last time I swam this channel, I was 30 I was, years younger. I can't yeah, do this yeah. shit anymore. So I love, I love all those aspects. And, you know, even the fact that, you know, you've never seen Bond cuss, partly because, you know, they have to have PG movies back in the 60s. So but, glad you brought this up. But, you know, he's dropping F-bombs throughout this entire movie, and he's got some good ones. Uh, my favorite being when he's trying to convince Stanley to go back in, and he's like, Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Yeah. Um, I'm going to send you something, because someone has made this quote into a T-shirt and is oh. selling it on Redbubble, and it literally looks like a... <laughs> Right? I love it. I it might as well be like, I was born in January, and yes, my husband got me this. Like, right. it's one of those. It's so fucking good. That's what they um, don't think about the models. It's like, we don't know what they're putting on these fucking shirts, but we're going to always pose. feel so bad. Um, yeah. Uh, it's crazy you guys got them to model for the VHS file shirts, too. <laughs> right, right. I mean, they're open to anything. Um, I I do want to mention one other actor that is in this movie that I I was thrilled to see, and that is Raymond O'Connor as Park Ranger Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, 
I, Ranger Bob, cordially invite you to become inmates of Alcatraz. Temporarily, of course. <laughs> it's the same actor who plays the one hospital security guard in Halloween 4 who also has all the exposition. Welcome to hell. You're absolutely fucking right. I, I recognized I, him as soon as he came on screen. He, I love him. I love him. Yeah, we were <laughs> obsessed with this motherfucker. We talked about Halloween 4 earlier this season on, v on um, Silver Linings Playlist. And like Dustin and I could not believe that he just recaps the plot of Halloween 1 and 2. And he's uh -huh. like, you know, he's doctor of all people shot him six times. Yeah, this is where we throw society's least wanted or, you know, and <laughs> yeah. he's almost doing the same thing in this movie where he's like you know 400 prisoners were thrown here every year nobody ever escaped it's me ranger fucking bob like it, it might as well he didn't say fucking but like he gets like a hero shot the camera like tracks up his legs and he's like ranger bob here <laughs> like i fucking i love this man i think yeah it's, it's just great man that's that's what that's kind of where uh, almost famous in the v vhs files episodes was born is those yeah. little those actors with those bit parts that you see every now and again, it's like holy shit, that's the fucking dude from Halloween Four, and I, I love when you find actors like that. Uh, my face hurt. I was smiling so wide when I saw Ranger Bob. Like <laughs> I I don't know, like this guy is like a hero to me, and I don't understand why. <laughs> I do but have to great. say, uh, being being someone who's actually visited Alcatraz, the yeah. tour of Alcatraz is much different nowadays. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's actually all, um, well, when I was there, I think you got to mm -hmm. take into account this was back in 2005. Sure, sure. Uh, but it was all, you put on a headset and walked around freely. Like, there wasn't a tour guide guiding you around the place. Oh, wow. So, it, yeah, that's the first thing whenever I saw the tour going on in the movie, I looked at Jenny, I was like, this is a lot different from when we Very went to saw dress. <laughs> I have great news. Raymond O'Connor has just worked constantly nice he's in la noir he's done like a bunch of episodes of everything he's on csi uh he was in babylon 5 nypd blue uh good for him it's funny you bring him up being in halloween 4 because we just did silent night deadly night on vhs files the box art for this is yeah. kind of a classic i mean it's oh, great yeah, it's a great image yeah. chimney with the axe yeah. Hanging out, Santa's arm. I think arm, if you were to like rate VH, like horror VHS boxes, like box art, like as iconic, this this I mean, one, the box art for this movie has to be high on that list because yeah, this is higher the one. than it, the movie would be. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and the female doctor wow. that is interacting with him in that scene is in Silent Night, Dead, Deadly Night. <laughs> He's definitely fat and jolly. It's I, a, need to re, I need to give that one a rewatch. I remember it being a rough sit. I, I haven't listened to your episode yet as we're recording this. Yeah, it's uh, as an adult, it's a tough watch. But mm. and, and again, I saw it as a kid. Probably not a movie I should have saw as a kid. Absolutely shouldn't have seen it as a kid. <laughs> But going through the movie and everything that happens, I mean, we're not going to delve deep into the plot right, right. and how it all happens and break it down like we <laughs> sure. do with the Bond episodes. But it was really fun to watch it. And then had a blast yeah. for me going back and kind of trying to put those pieces together after watching the, the theory video and whatnot. Yeah. Because as I get older, it's harder for me to retain information. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Uh, honestly, we're about to count down our top, uh, or, you know, we're about to rank our Bond movies. I had yeah. to kind of really think hard about what I liked and disliked in these movies. Yeah. Um, but and, yeah. And I have a feeling that when we do, after we, as soon as we're done recording this, we're going to be like, 
uh, maybe I would swap this. I don't know. Like we're like, I, I'm gonna, I'm always, my, my bond ranking is always moving around except for maybe the top three spots. Right. And honestly, like I changed mine around probably five minutes before we started recording. Me too. I did too. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's and I've, I've watched them all the ones we're about to mention. I've watched multiple times at this point, just from watching mm-hmm. them for the show, editing for the show. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, as I've said before, especially with Dr. No, uh, my opinion of that changed in the edit because yeah, as I, as I was watching the episode, listening to us talk about it and going through the clips of the movie, I was like, you know, I, I, I had a, a, not a very warm reception of it at first, but now I'm like, damn, this is a good movie. I love that. So, I'm so glad. But as far as The Rock goes, please, everybody, check out the video. The link's in the description below. Watch yeah. The Rock. Watch that video. Tell us what you think. Leave us a comment. Let, let, let us know if you think it's, it's something fun to do watching yeah. The Rock, if you've seen it a few times. If you've never seen The Rock before... It's totally worth a watch. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. A, it's a fun movie. It's one of Michael Bay's better films. I mean, it is fully entrenched in '90s silliness. But I, I think it's a fun watch. I think it has a really complex villain, uh, who, who, I mean, Ed Harris is just really great in this movie. And oh, yeah. uh, and if you have seen it, I think it is worth rewatching it just for the fun thought experiment of imagining it as a Bond sequel. I think that's a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely. And and again, like. Me coming into all of these Bond movies for the first time, mm-hmm. as I said in the beginning, watching The Rock originally, I had no preconceived notions of Connery being Bond in this movie. Sure. It work, it works in that aspect, and now having seen them, it's definitely fun to watch The Rock in that aspect as well. He gives me the thumbs up. Okay. What do you mean? Oh man, we could we could just talk for hours about Cage, but mm-hmm. we have to cut it short at we some do. point, uh, just because you know that man's he's a treasure. He's absolutely a treasure. He, he is. He's a national treasure, if you will. Absolutely. Um, I was gonna ask you, do you want to? Because we have a couple of new segments that we want to introduce for the show. Do you want to yeah. do those here and then get to our rankings? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll tease everybody a little bit longer. You don't get to know what our ranking is just yeah. yet. But we, we are still going to talk about the Conneries. Um, oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. what we're going to do is, I think going forward, maybe we should try this with all the movies if they apply. Yeah. Um, but for now, we're going to pick just from the group that we've watched so far, minus Honor Majesty's Secret Service, because it's off in its own little magical beautiful corner that's right um that's should right. we just say that like if we were including that that's number one right if it, it it should be no surprise to anyone if you've watched that episode yeah obviously it's the best bond movie we've watched so far it's my favorite it's yeah i it, i adore that movie um but it would be it would be unfair to lump it in with these because you know it's it's an automatic bump to number one for me yeah yeah absolutely this never happened to the other fella but uh, so, but but the that's not saying the Connery ones don't have some fun things in them and aren't good movies, mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to talk about. But we're going to try and include as much of this in the the, the coming episodes as we can. But since yeah. we weren't able to do these segments in the Connery episodes, we're just going to kind of give you a summary now. We're going to yeah. do our top girl gadget and goon. A glowing tribute, Mister Kid. I love it. I love alliteration. That's what I'm here for. Um, so yeah, of all of the Connery movies so far, um, or well, so far, we, we one just teasing. One day we will get to Never Say Never again. Um, but favorite girl, 
favorite Bond girl. Go for it. And then with, this includes Femme Fatale. This includes love interests. This includes side characters. So Plenty O'Toole is on the table. <laughs> I, 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 Even though she's in the movie for a very short period of time, um, I did want to bring up, you and I discussed this briefly uh, after the episode. Mm -hmm. We kind of found a little bit of a problem in Diamonds Are Forever with Plenty O'Toole and Tiffany Case. The t uh, whole timeline is very strange, right? It's strange, and they 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 <clears throat> they kill Plenty O'Toole in Diamonds Are Forever because they. It, what Bond says is... Dead. Supposed to be you. The next link in the pipeline. But we know that the Slumber Inc. guys know who Tiffany is. Right. And we also know that Mr. Kit and Mr. Went also yeah. know who Miss Case is. So yeah. I must say, Miss Case seems quite attractive for a lady. Who killed Plenty O'Toole? And Bond did it, and he's like, I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> but like, that's was, the problem. He was that's tired of, of Plenty following her, following him around, trying to get money out of him. He was just like, he drowned her with the other two that he drowns later in the movie. Uh, that's the problem with this movie is there's like four groups of villains that never interact with each other. Like, we, like you didn't, I didn't even think about it till we were recording the episode. But you were yeah. like, Mister Went and Mister Kid never take orders from Blofeld. Never take orders, never in a scene with him. No. Uh, the, the closest they come to interacting with Blofeld is when Blofeld has them take Bond's body and put it in the piping. The piping. Right, that's right, yes. If at first you don't succeed, Mr. Kidd, try, try again, Mr. Wynn. For as cold and calculated as Mr. Kidd and Mr. Wynn are in that movie, it just seems like they would have killed him. Like, why go through all the trouble of putting right. him in a pipe? But go back and listen to that episode if you want to hear us <laughs> harp on that. Right. So, but... Favorite Bond girl. Girl. Um, This was rough, man, because mm -hmm. there have been a lot so far. We're picking from five movies. Yeah. yeah. Six movies. And uh, there, there's some really good ones. And, mm -hmm. you know... Great characters, and then some that deserved better that I wish I could put higher. I think mine kind of falls into that category, and I'm going with... My dear uncooperative Domino. How do you know that? How do you know my friends call me Domino? It's on the bracelet on your ankle. So, what sharp little eyes you've got. Wait till you get to my teeth. Domino from Thunderball. It's a good one. I think it's Domino, I, I think Thunderball is actually probably one of the lowest ones I, 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 I rated whenever I, because I, you know, I'm on Letterboxd. If anybody wants to follow me, I rank all mm -hmm. my movies there. Um, and I think Thunderball is the one that I didn't receive very mm -hmm. well, aside from Diamonds Are Forever. Um, right, right. And and yes, Domino seems to be very underutilized in that movie. But when she is in the movie, I love her character. I love mm -hmm. what she does with I love how she's on both sides of the coin with Bond mm -hmm. and uh, with the villain in that movie whose name yeah. is escaping me right now. Largo. Largo. And um, I just I think she's a great character in that movie yeah. who helps move the movie along um yes. and i would have to give my honorable mention to pussy galore my name is pussy galore i must be dreaming great choice i i was very close to i was between a couple um i mean pussy galore is a fucking icon pussy beyond reproach and who i was, love who was absolutely shafted in that movie no <laughs> no pun intended yeah, like it's tough uh and I love uh, Volpe, obviously, yes. from, from Thunderball. Yeah, you, would you mind giving me something to put on? Um, but I gotta give it up to Sylvia Trench. Trench. Sylvia Trench. 
from Dr. No and from Russia with Love. You know what, Nathan? I considered having Sylvia as mine as well. Yeah. Um, she is, she well, she gets a James Bond introduction before he does. His Bond, James Bond, is a response to how she introduces herself. Mm -hmm. She is assertive in every sense. We'll do this again some other time soon. Do what? Last time you said that, you went off to Jamaica. I haven't seen you for six months. She is the first of many women to break into his hotel room in just a shirt. Uh, <laughs> but but I, nobody I, does it like Dame Diana Rigg does. That, well, yeah. And again, <laughs> if we were if we were including that in the conversation, there's no... She would be number one. No, no substitute for, for Tracy. Oh, I hope I did the right thing. Sylvia, I just... I, I, I adore this character i wish we had more of her and she sort of does kind of get thrown to the side as a bit of just you know the the girlfriend that gets left at home especially once the sequel comes along oh that's too bad just as things were getting interesting again yeah but there is just something about eunice gason's performance uh that cocked eyebrow the 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 tiny cigarettes and yeah. And her, like, no-nonsense, I-know-what-I-want attitude that I, has always stuck with me. I adore, I adore Sylvia Trench. Too bad you have to go. She's the only person in any of these movies so far that went, like, when I turned From Russian With Love on and we get past the intro and they they cut to Bond and her in the boat, yeah. I was like, holy shit, it's Sylvia! I couldn't agree with him more. Yeah, yeah, I, she's I, back. I, yeah. I audibly, like, exclaimed. I was like, oh, Sylvia's back. Like, yeah. So... I considered putting her on there, but the yeah. fact that they just kind of throw her by the wayside, which they do, like, they do with they all do. these girls, but they do with a lot of them. Yeah, it's yeah. a bummer. Um, but Sylvia, I don't know. I think for her importance in setting up James Bond as a character and sort of setting a precedent for these characters, I, I just, yeah, I think she's so memorable. I love Sylvia Trench. Also, um, bonus points because uh, I've. <laughs> In the James Bonding podcast, uh, there's an episode where Paul F. Tompkins says, I think Sylvia Trench might be secretly the dirtiest double entendre for any of these character names. Trench. <laughs> I definitely never thought about it that way. I hope that's not the case, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Sylvia Trench, that's my girl. <laughs> she also, she, she also, one of the things she says in From Russia with Love plays into the whole Bond theory in The Rock as well. Because oh, yeah, she you've says, been gone for six months. I haven't seen you for six months, and apparently that's the six months he was in Alcatraz. I buy it. I'll, yeah. I'll go with it for sure. And uh, <laughs> honorable mention, Bond girl? That's difficult. I would say probably Volpe. Uh, second runner-up would be um, uh, Tatiana from uh, from from Rush with Love. Yeah. Um, I, I love that character, but I think she loses all of her agency in the second half of that movie and is just not a character by the end of it. Right. But that first half, I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally drawn into their, to their adventure. Yeah. And then, yeah, once you get on the train, unfortunately it kind of goes. Yep. So. For sure. Okay. Well, now we're going to do our top gadget. Top gadget. I think I might've cheated and I, <laughs> but I'm hoping that we cheated in the same way. I'm going with the Aston Martin DB5 from Goldfinger. You'll be using this Aston Martin DB5 with modifications. Now, pay attention, please. I thought about including a car. Uh-huh. But ultimately, what what really got me the most is Tiffany Case's fingerprint. 
Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> in, in the in the bureau. Great, yeah. great choice. How how she's able to number one have something like that. <laughs> yeah. Number two, how she she's so just sly about how she handles things, and it's That's hidden good. In her little in her uh, um, wardrobe and whatnot. I so. almost went with a similar thing, which is the. Uh, the safe cracker in Honor Majesty's Secret Service, but like again, it's it's not in the it's not in the running. But I don't know. I I think when you're going through the great Bond gadgets, I mean, there's the rebreather from Thunderball. That's great. But that I, would be I, my run. That would be my runner up. Yeah. I but I gotta give it up to that fucking car. It is just yeah. It's an iconic piece of machinery. It is the. I mean, when you think of the Thunderball phenomenon, there's things that like the big hallmarks of that movie are a girl covered in gold, mm-hmm. uh, bond strapped to a table with a laser beam and this car with oil slicks and machine guns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it has to be inspiration for the modern Batmobile. It right? 100% is. Yes. Yeah. It absolutely uh, is. And, uh, uh it, it was hard. I mean, I, again, still being fairly new to the bond movies, I didn't feel mm-hmm. comfortable enough. No, I didn't know enough about the cars to be like, that's what I'm going to go with. Look, um, but, if we're doing this, if we're doing this segment for future movies, mm-hmm. you're going to find me picking cars more often than not. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll try to narrow it down to a function of the car in the and, future. And again, I have not seen any of the movies moving forward. And in these movies, we don't get the biggest um, variety of gadgets in these sure. movies at this mm-hmm. point. I, I would imagine they get more and more, uh, more and more and more ridiculous as we go yeah. on. So I think that's why moving forward we should be able to do this for most of the movies. <laughs> I I kind of wish now that I'm thinking about it, I wish I'd picked the fake duck on Connery's head at the <laughs> beginning of Goldfinger. <laughs> we should also have something that's like uh, best lair, best villain lair, or some oh, shit. Oh yeah, because <laughs> there's some great ones, some even in layers. the Connery ones. Doctor Nose hideout, the best, Cheek. the absolute best. Yeah. 100%. I got to give it to Goldfinger's place too. That one's pretty good. That's good. Yeah. No, not a, not a, not a crappy layer among them. No, no. All right. So favorite goon of the Connery movies. And this includes henchman or main villain, correct? Correct. We, we wanted to do main villain or like favorite villain, but it's like when you really narrow it down in these movies, there's, there's, he's like the big bad (laughs) one villain and the rest of them are henchmen. So sure. We're going to go all over the map. If you if, if if Blofeld is your favorite, absolutely pick him. But there's a quite an array of people to pick from here as well. It, this one was easy for me. It was pretty easy for me as well. I you want to give a this... countdown? Yes. <laughs> Three, two, one. Red, Red Grant. Grant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. we go back and listen to the to the from russian with love episode uh just the fact that it's it's my man uh robert shaw robert shaw from jaws as to swimming with bow-legged women oh sure your 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 jaws (laughs) effigy wall (laughs) (laughs) uh I was completely surprised and blown away because I didn't yeah. know he was in the movie. And oh, that was man. one thing one of my I know fa- Nathan was just over there doing I this was. number. <laughs> when you when you texted me, holy shit, Robert Shaw or something. <laughs> no, Robert fucking Shaw, I think is what you texted me. Yeah. All caps. I was like, yeah, yeah, buddy. And yeah. I, I honestly thought I wasn't going to like it because his look in this movie is is, is so is strange. Kinda, it's right? awkward. I mean, the blonde, the bleach blonde hair and everything. But mm-hmm. The fact that you don't get a shred of dialogue from him until what an hour into the movie, maybe hour and more, he, and he's he's so proper. 
Yeah. Um, and I love, I mean, we're talking about a character that sets a precedent. We've already gotten Hans, right? In mm-hmm. um, Diamonds Are Forever. And going forward, you you will find that for some reason, henchmen hiring agencies are, are no shortage of <laughs> tall Aryan looking motherfuckers. <laughs> like... But it's, it's, it's Shaw's performance that really yeah. sends it home for me. And I mean, we talked about it in the episode. I mean, he's, he's very fucking Michael Myers esque in it, man. Yeah. Just kind of following bond around in the shadows and you don't, you know, I, I I'd be willing to go back and watch that movie and think mm-hmm. maybe I'd see him in the shadows somewhere that I never noticed before. Like he's, I mean, it's for me, it's all about that tracking shot outside the train. Yes. Right. Like, uh, it's this, it's the scariest thing. And I think there's something to be said for the fact that there are so many similar, in my opinion, there are so many similarities between red grant and Daniel Craig's James Bond. Oh, I see it. I definitely see it. Now, especially now that I have watched no time to die. Finally, I don't think I've yeah. brought that up on the show yet. Mm-hmm. I have, I have completed the, 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 the Daniel Craig series. So mm-hmm. if anybody wants to at me in the comments for cheating, saying I have actually watched bond movies, whatever but we, we've covered the yeah you we've mentioned that you've watched some of the craigs and, yeah, and yeah, you've yeah. watched the craigs and you watched a view to a kill and that's your kill. only that, that's, that's your baseline that's before this. only bond movies i'm coming in with any knowledge <laughs> so of. funny to me that a view to a kill was like yeah <laughs> so funny to me because that was on hbo all the time right oh, that's yeah. what it, it was it was on yeah. cable regular when i was a yeah. kid so and See, that's that was why... me that was me with golden eye yeah yeah and and you know we've we've talked about it before but for anybody who's new i mean i I haven't seen the Timothy Daltons. I haven't seen the Pierce Brosnans. So anything moving forward other than of you to a kill in the Craig movies is going to be a new watch for me. So so excited. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that I great choice and not just because it was also my choice. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling it was going to be your choice. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you can't deny it, man. I mean, out of all, you know, obviously we talked about them in diamonds are forever, but Mr. Kid and Mr. Went, would be right. honorable mentions for me, even Absolutely. though they're they're goofy, but like I, there's just something about them. Like I would like to see a full movie with them as the sole villain. They're my favorite thing about the movie. I yeah. like legitimately, and I well the thing about Grant is he's he's suave, but he's scary, and he's a brute, but he's refined. Like he's all of these contradictions. He's whatever the scene requires him to be because he's the perfect infiltrator i mean the scene of him and bond in the train the car train. and him just getting you know just laying everything out for bond yeah bond's not saying a word and he's mm-hmm. just i mean that entire scene's great and then it goes into a great fight sequence and you know brutal it, it's one of the only henchmen that really goes up against bond one-on-one and really kind of holds his own against yeah. him as well. Totally. Um, I think the closest you really get to that other than this is maybe Odd Job and Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Which... And Odd Job's still using some gadgets, sort of, yeah. with the hat and everything. Right. So, and, and you've just got sheer um, <laughs> knowledge and, and brutality with Red mm-hmm. Grant. And he, yeah. he brings it. And Robert Shaw is awesome. He's definitely my favorite. The goon villain whatever in all of these movies we've watched i agree i mean yeah uh, he'd probably still just just barely edge out telly Savalas's blofeld if we're be if we're if we're still including that one <laughs> but man yeah i mean telly Savalas would be my, my honorable mention but sure. we're not including him so we're if not i had including to give him, him 
had to give an, an honorable mention, I would probably say Goldfinger. See, I for Goldfinger, I I don't know. Goldfinger's never been particularly interesting to me. And I don't know what it is about. I don't know if it's the fact that he dresses like Peter Griffin. I don't know if it's like, I don't know what it is, man. But like, he's just never, I love his plot. I love how casually cruel, or I think it's interesting how casually cruel he is, but he's never been the most exciting villain to me. Right. Um, but yeah, I Red Grant is tops. Uh, yes, and it's, he's hard to beat even throughout the rest of the series, but we will... Through each episode, we will be picking our favorite gal, Gadget, and Goon. Yeah, moving forward, that's going to be a normal thing. So let us know what your favorite girl, Gadget, and Goon is in the Connery series. Let us know in the comments below. We'd like to talk with you. Absolutely. So now, the big big shebang, Nathan. The moment of truth. We're going to rank these bitches. Well, Nathan, who wants to start? You want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first because I feel... I have this feeling that we are going to have an extremely similar ranking. Now, I will tell you, I have reordered stuff while we've been recording. To, like, I, it's, it's always <laughs> changing. So I'll probably change my mind while we're saying this out loud. But yeah, I'll go first. Uh, number six for me, Diamonds Are Forever. Number six for me, Diamonds Are Forever. Unmistakable. Precisely. And again, this is a movie I like, um, <laughs> but like it is a fucking mess. Ridiculous, isn't it? It's absolutely crazy. As we covered last week, I think one of our commenters said that it's the worst Bond movie and it's not even close. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I would have to agree of the ones we've done so far. It's I have a lot of fun with this movie. There's a lot of things that I enjoy about it, but it has eight subplots too many mm-hmm. um one of the one of the three or one of the bond girls exists only to die one scene later yes and before that be humiliated by being thrown out of a hotel room topless which mm-hmm. is a bummer um yep. but the things i like i love tiffany case i think jill st john is very fun i'm cooperating mr Leiter. really i am i love oh. mr wint and mr kid yep Mrs. Whistler did want some pictures of the canals for the children. How kind of you, Mr. Kid. Uh, this is this is the movie where Connery is most clearly sleepwalking through the performance. Mm-hmm. He's there for the paycheck, and it drags every scene down with it. The fight choreography is not as good. That fight in the elevator that, is yep. tough. And we just talked about the fight with Red Grant on the train. Like you look at something like that, you look at that that fight scene in the elevator, and it's like, mm-hmm. wow, this is where we've gotten at this. You point. can put us in a cubicle and still have an in- engaging fight sequence because that train fight is one of the best moments of the whole twenty five movies. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's diamonds are forever. Just uh... and while I while I like Tiffany in the movie, I mm-hmm. I, I just find her being her presence in the movie is very up and down. Uh, sure. one, mi- one minute she's, she's the smartest person in the room. The next minute she has no idea what's going on. So yeah. it's it's very up and down in that regard. Um, Connery's sleepwalking through the movie. We've, we've talked yeah. about that. This is 
the movie where I think people got cynical with Bond. Yeah, it like, feels cliched. It feels like they're going through the motions in a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, there are sequences that are, seem to be there because of a checklist, right? Like, right. we, I, I think that Land Rover Chase is really funny, but what are we doing? Why, yeah. why, why do we have this moon buggy that has goofy robot arms? And why are we on a chase with four wheelers that are going four miles an hour? That, one ultimately, mile for each wheel? that ultimately don't serve the plot as much as you would want it to. No, there's you know? two chase sequences back to back, and it just kind of feels like they're there to pad time. And we also have to mention the car chase in that movie is completely faux pod by the editing. Mm-hmm. You know, right. there, there's just there's a lot left to be desired from a Bond movie mm-hmm. when it comes to Diamonds Are Forever. For and it, for for what I've watched so far, mm-hmm. Diamonds Are Forever definitely is the most lackluster. Definitely, I agree. And it, you know, it it also suffers from having to follow. Honor Majesty's Secret Service, not only in terms of quality, but in terms of story. Yes. You want that revenge tale and you're just not getting it. Exactly. The the, the I'm not satisfied by the opening sequence where we essentially are just take care of you know, we, we finish the story from on Her Majesty's Secret Service and move on. Kind of. Yeah. Kind exactly. of. So yeah, that's that's why it's in the bottom spot for me. I totally agree. All right. Well, number, number five. five. Do you want to go first? Number five for me is Thunderball. That is my number five as well, good sir. <laughs> well, you may hex me. Let's see what it does for the cards. Uh, number five, yeah, Thunderball, a movie that has all the elements of a Bond movie that I like, mm-hmm. minus the pacing. Yeah. Again, I struggle to remember exactly what the story was in, in Thunderball. <laughs> sure. Well, the thing about Thunderball is, uh, luckily, we sort of get, um, we, we sort of get a few different takes on this. Like every time, like Terrence Young kind of sets a precedent for when we need a greatest hits Bond story, we sort mm-hmm. of go back to Thunderball. Um, so you know we're 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 dealing with uh, uh, a villain who is stolen weaponry, uh, a big uh, army all coming together to help Bond out at the end, and this is the one where I think my biggest issue with it comes from the fact that it is so hard to tell when Bond is doing something in this finale because mm-hmm. everyone is in their wetsuits, yep. and it's just I don't know I. I totally understand that this was revolutionary the way this was shot and that it was impressive when it came out as a viewer today. I just find some of these scenes to be really slow and I don't particularly enjoy the sound mixing in this movie either. Right. Um, What's really funny is, you know, we're, we're recording this on the cusp of avatar, the way of water releasing. (laughs) And that whole movie was just like, James Cameron it, it keeps kind of jerking himself off in interviews about how much he's shot underwater and how difficult it was. And I'm like, maybe, maybe this is going to blow me away. And then in, you know, 50 years, people are going to be like, you remember how stupid that second avatar movie was? <laughs> remember also we used to have ice caps, um, but, like, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I, I will, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's just, uh, it, it's the one that 
the things I love, I love. Like you said, Domino's great. Yep. I, I find Largo to be a very interesting, very scary villain. Um, but for the most part, it's, uh, yeah, it's just a slower, it's a slower sit for me. Yeah, and it comes off of what a lot of people regard one of the highest Connery movies. It comes right yeah. after Goldfinger. So you had big shoes to fill there. And I think we talked about it in the episode. You know, Thunderball uh-huh. ended up being a really big movie for the time. Um, and maybe those underwater sequences had something to do with that at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, but just watching it now and and just kind of, again, for the first time uh, and seeing the movies I've seen in my life, it, it, it comes across like I, I'm mm-hmm. definitely not doubting the technical technological advances and what they had to do to, to shoot those scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't always gel with me while I'm watching the movie. I, I kind of want them to move on faster than they do. I totally, I totally feel you. Okay, so number four. Number four. You only live twice. <laughs> number four. You only live twice. Are you serious? <laughs> I am serious. We're, we're going to have the same ranking. I'm telling you right now, we are going to have the same ranking. Maybe. I, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, I, so I quite enjoy You Only Live Twice. Yes, this is my second life. You only live twice, Mr. Bond. There, There is good things about this movie. There are yes. also terrible things about this movie. It is the, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, of the ones we are discussing today, probably the most problematic, most yep. offensive. I mean, this is the film, need I remind you, viewers slash listener, where Bond turns Japanese. Yeah. He really thinks so. <laughs> like, he, like that there's is. No, there's no think so about it. He turns no. Japanese. <laughs> he turns Japanese. Uh, goes undercover so that he can go. He turns. He gets plastic surgery to become a Japanese man for two days. <laughs> I love how uh, it, it's one scene. He's got the eyebrows and and, uh-huh. and the bowl cut, and then literally two scenes later, he looks like Sean Connery again. It's wild. It's crazy. Um, I, I will, I got to give it up, though, because I, I truly love uh, Akiko Wakabayashi as Aki, yes. the, the SAS agent. I love uh, Kissy Suzuki, I think, as a fun character. Tiger Tanaka, yeah. while having some truly uh, abhorrent dialogue. Number two. Rule number two, in Japan, men always come first, women come second. I might just retire to here. Is a badass. Yeah. This yeah. movie has machine gun ninjas. Like, there's a lot to have fun with in this. And I know he doesn't work as well for you, but I am a big fan of Donald Pleasance as Blofeld. I am Ernst Stavro Blofeld. That's the biggest thing that brings it down I for know. me. I know. I was See, even, very... Even though we're ranking at the same spot, we have very different opinions about this. I was very underwhelmed with Mr. Pleasance as I Blofeld. totally get it. And, I, and... I, yeah. And, you know, he's iconic in the role, too. It's one of mm-hmm. those where, like, even though I've never seen these movies, like, I know Donald Pleasance plays Blofeld. You know, the ner- he's going to have a Nero jacket. He's yeah. going to have the, the scar over his eye. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And, and part of what really hurts this series, the, the mm-hmm. Connery series, is this illusion of Blofeld. And then we get the reveal. And you have... The yeah. great Donald Pleasance playing him. Uh, right. But you get what 10 minutes of him in the movie and he's kind of a coward yeah he just runs yeah. out he does you know it's 
And again, like I, I was so familiar with him as Blofeld. Like I, I thought I was going to get to see him a few more times, and I was a little right. disappointed that to find out that he's no. That's the only time we're going to see him. Goodbye, Mister Bond. I think it's valid. Although I will say, we do also get introduced to another Blofeld in this movie with Charles Gray as Henderson. <laughs> yeah. I do everything that's, the Japanese way. Seven. <laughs> that is the craziest thing I've experienced so far. Is like, and wait then, a minute, that dude was in for. <laughs> That dude was in You Only Live Twice, and now he's Blofeld. And then after, shortly after we recorded Diamonds Are Forever, you watched Rocky Horror. Yeah. It was a night out. They were going to remember for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. No, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a baffling decision to do that recast later. But, uh, yeah, I think this is a really, I mean, for me, when I think about this movie, I think about Machine Gun Ninjas, the assault on... This is also just a, a sign of how far these movies had come. The The volcano set at the end of this movie costs the same amount that the full budget of Dr. No did. Um, uh, meanwhile, Connery's still getting paid crap to do these movies. But um, <laughs> there's that. There's Blofeld's reveal and there's the great little Nelly chase scene with in the with the other helicopters in the sky. I think yeah. that is such an exceptional chase scene. The moment when he blows up the other copter and the the Bond theme just start just kicks in the high yeah. gear. It just it rules. And, and also one of the most like contentious cue scenes of the series so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He shows up just sweating in his little khaki pants. I, I honestly, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Like, that's really what I enjoy the most in all of these movies is the dynamic between MQ and Bond. And Money and, Penny. And, and Money Penny. But yeah. just, you know, watching these now as an older person, as an, as an older adult, as a kid, you probably could see it a little differently. But watching it now. It's like that's just, the coworker that you're just like, fuck. Yeah. James is like, here today. And I keep pointing it out in every fucking episode we have. It's just like M mm -hmm. and Q are so fucking sick of this dude. Uh-huh. And they are just like, give him his shit and get I wish him he out of have, here. I wish he wasn't so good at his job. I hate him <laughs> so much. He doesn't think, respect my cars. I think secretly M is just hoping that something happens to Bond and he can just go, well, for queen and country. Uh, and M, <laughs> I mean, I think M and Q have a similar relationship because we have that great moment in uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service where, you know, he's just like, well, we're using radioactive lint. And miniaturization is the thing, you see? And he's like, that, yes, the lint, yes. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think you only live twice is flawed, but very fun. Yeah, I agree. Well, it all comes down to this. I think, number I think three. it all comes down to what number three is for the two of us. I think so. I think so. I think we're going to have a, yeah, I think, well, we'll see. What is your number three, Josh? My number three is. <laughs> Dr. Yeah! No. So funny thing, right before we started doing our rankings, I swapped You Only Live Twice and Dr. No, because I thought it is fully insane that I would rank You Only Live Twice higher than Dr. No. There's so much to discuss, so little time. Dr. No's the blueprint, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had to start somewhere. And I love that you 
your appreciation for this movie has grown while we've been doing this series. Yeah. But, uh, tell me why Dr. No is number three for you. Well, it's just one of the, you brought it up the blueprint. Obviously it's the first bond movie we got, Yeah. but watching it for the first time, talking about it with you mm-hmm. and really just kind of going over it and just saying, okay, how, how is this going to be applied to what we're going to have moving forward? And I was very lukewarm on, the actual Doctor No in the movie. I didn't think yeah, he was Joseph a very Weisman. good villain when we mm-hmm. when we when we talked about the uh, the movie. They are still puzzled, Mister Bond. Not any longer. After editing that episode, I think he's fucking great, dude. He rules. I it's think... all about the the policeman line. You're just a policeman. <laughs> and his cold, like the cold performance he gives. Mm-hmm. Even though I think the last act is very lackluster. It's so slow. It does get really slow when it's just, let me change this dial. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to move over here and change this one. Oh, you fell. Right. Um, I'm going to kick this guy into the water real quick. What is it, the line he has where he reveals his metal hands and he just says something like, an inconvenience or something? Right. It's, right. <laughs> or misfortune. That's what he says, a misfortune. And just the fact, the dude has metal hands. Metal like, hands and his plot is, I'm going to embarrass these guys. They yeah. they made me feel bad, so I'm going to embarrass the government. <laughs> they, they, they picked on me in the schoolyard, so I'm uh-huh. going to ruin their lives. Absolutely. But no, yeah, I respect I, that. I also think back to really that first scene where we get a cold, calculated bond, too, is in this movie. When, when, he he's, just sit, when he's just sitting in that chair with his gun and, yeah. and, and without hesitation, without blinking, just just kills Rocks a man and, and shoots him again in the back. Yeah. And I think it was probably part of the, I'm coming into a series that I know nothing about. Um, I don't have the knowledge. A lot of other people have about the series, but I've got to start somewhere. Uh, sure. And like I said, doing the edit on that episode really kind of made me have a, a, a better respect for it because while I was seeing surface level stuff, the first time watching it, and maybe even the second time, Watching it in the edit, I was just like, wow, like I really overlooked a lot of this. And I think some of it is really, really good. And if it would have been, if it would have been earlier in the year, maybe Dr. No probably would have been further down the list, but Mm -hmm. I I've come to really like it a lot. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a slower flick that rewards repeat viewings because the first time you're watching it, and especially if you're going in for the first time and thinking, well, this is this long-running action series right like you are kind of not expecting the the filmmaking here right like you're you're expecting it to be more of a you know non-stop thrill ride and and if you go in with that mindset you're 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 sort of trying to find you're trying to match the rhythm of the movie the whole time right and so i think when you go back and rewatch it you can really take in God, they're shooting on all these like real locations. There's some mm-hmm. cool set pieces here. The acting is largely very good. Um, and yeah, you and there's just these... don't with it being the first Bond film, you don't have the Bondisms to rely on there right. either. So totally, yeah, I think that this kind of fit what people were looking for in espionage movies at the time, especially because it it does function as a little bit of a travelogue. Like, hey, look mm-hmm. at these cool beaches. Can you believe there's a hotel? Let's watch <laughs> James drive through the jungle in real time. Let's go collect sea <laughs> seashells on the seashore. Right? Yeah. Look out! There's a dragon. Oh wait, it's a tank. Um, 
yeah i i i just i really i there's something sort of charming and humble about this movie and uh i'm always delighted whenever i go back and watch it and it's funny usually the first movie in a series is the one you always gravitate back to because it's the one who set the precedent but this one this one had to move back a little bit for me i don't think it's the strongest of connery's movies but i i definitely enjoy it more than i did the first time i watched it yeah yep i agree um so i think it's pretty obvious I think it's pretty obvious where we're going as well. I hear this, Goldfinger. Your luck has just changed. While it is my number two, uh huh. I've really come around on Goldfinger. I was a little. I'm a little surprised to see it this high up because you were really lukewarm on it when we when we talked about it. Sir, I'm aware of my shortcomings. That's why I kind of brought up Goldfinger when we were talking about villains too. Yeah. The first watch of this movie, maybe Mm -hmm. even the second watch. I, I didn't find him to be very threatening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole introduction of him with the cards and cheating and all of that stuff just seemed very, you know, like minor criminal. <laughs> sure. But as you go through this movie, by the time we find out what Goldfinger's plan is. You plan to break into the world's largest bank, but not to steal anything. Why? Go on, Mr. Bond. And who Goldfinger is as a villain. I can completely understand why it's a highly regarded Bond movie. Yeah. And I think I mentioned this in the episode, but when I wasn't really on board with the movie at all, it would have been way at the bottom until the reveal of what Goldfinger was planning. Entire gold supply of United States will be radioactive for 57 years. 58 to be exact. Yeah. Cause and it's I just think so they cold. do. I think they do a great job of keeping you in suspense until that moment. And when you have that scene of Goldfinger and Bond sitting there just talking to one another and he tells Bond verbatim what he's doing and Bond realizes it. I apologize, Goldfinger. It's an inspired deal. They get what they want and the value of your gold increases many times. Ten times. Brilliant. I was like, holy fuck, dude. This is amazing. I'm gonna. I'm gonna radiate. You're making me so happy right now. (laughs) I'm gonna radiate the world's gold supply so no one can have money. Like, yeah. Holy shit! That is a great plan. Gold is so important to me that I just don't want anyone else to enjoy it. Right. If I can't have it, no one will. I will upset the world's economy to be petty. And I I will kill all of these people with a nerve agent. You know, it's wild. And I think. It's one of the only times Bond is in a position where he thinks he's not going to get out of a situation. Yeah, it's um, it's it's in here, and it's in um, when he's taken prisoner here, and when he's taken in, or when he's being chased down in uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service when he's right. being chased through the little village. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the entire laser sequence where he's talking as the laser is coming up. I can I can see it in Connery's performance. I can see it that you know Bond doesn't know how he's going to get out of this situation and you can and see it in how relaxed gert frove is as hit, goldfinger he's just dude, like i don't you're fucking done you're goldfinger's done. delivery of that entire piece of dialogue when he's talking yeah. to bond and then the end do you expect me to talk no mr bond i expect you to die 
so this explains why about. you really wish Diamonds Are Forever had been about Goldfinger's brother. <laughs> right. Like, I, I, I definitely find Goldfinger a much more compelling villain now than I did at first. Nice. So Yeah, and, I, and... I mean, this was my number two as well. I it, it falls down for me because of some of the things you're saying. Like, it does take... Uh, a couple of weird little avenues as much as I love the sequence with all the gangsters. I don't necessarily think it adds a ton aside from exposition. Right. Um, I will never be stoked about the treatment of pussy galore. And I was about movie. to say, let's talk about the elephant in the room, the treatment of pussy galore's character. That's Which really is, the biggest detractor in this it is. movie. For it's, me. it's the biggest, it's the biggest mark against the movie for me. Um, I, I do love that she gets a hero moment at the end of the movie, but it just, the road there is paved with some gross shit. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, this is, this is the movie that, in, that brings us the Aston Martin. This is, this is odd job. I mean, our first, we had Red Grant, sure, but this is, and we had the three blind mice in Dr. No, but like, yeah. this is our big here's the henchman yeah. and here's his weird fucking thing that he does. I was also very lukewarm on odd job. Like he's a very menacing. He's a tank. Yeah. I mean like I wouldn't want to fight this dude in a, yeah. <laughs> in a gold silo. It, it also does unfortunately introduce the trope that I dislike, which is, uh, and a lot of these early movies, uh, the cavalry arrives and they do a lot of the big set piece action stuff. Right. Um, while you leave, Bond, you takes leave care of Bond one guy. an odd job alone to fight for a little while, it kind of gets a right. little, you know, it's a little, a little slow. Stale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, and also the way that we, we also established some other things, the big final battle with uh, Goldfinger in the sky is yeah. great. Uh, yeah. we, we get one last little quip, one liner. And uh, if Dr. No is the blueprint, Goldfinger is the bones, right? Like right. this is like the skeleton for what what will hang everything else on. Yeah, I mean, I I think of all of these movies, Goldfinger is really what sets the precedence for let's move forward with this sort of style. Yeah, um, totally. You know, do where Doctor No is really trying to figure out how they want to pursue Bond and how they're going to move his his character his story forward. Goldfinger really kind of solidifies, like, here's where we're going with Bond. Yeah. And, and I mean, that kind of brings us to, obviously, what our number, number one, one is. Um, From Russia with Love. The whole thing's so fantastic, it just could be true. This is, uh, this is oh, where... Oh, and we also, sorry, before we move forward, we also have to say Goldfinger gives us the big song. Yeah. You no, know, the big we, theme song. Yeah, Shirley Bassey. Yeah, I love um, it. From Russia with Love kind of buried at the end of the movie. I mean, we get the version kind of at the top and then there's, yeah, but that's from Russia with love is startling in its simplicity, right? It is, right. it's a, we've got a thing. You want the thing, but we're going to get it away from you. That's yeah. the plot of the movie. This is where the cold opens start right here. Mm -hmm. And that reveal that you think bond has just been shot and it's mm -hmm. a guy in a mask. You also get the introduction of Red at the beginning, and then you get your opening credits. This and and dude, like it, I reacted to the opening of this movie harder than I did to any of these movies. Yeah, I was like, "This is fucking good." It's cool. And it's, and it's only shot like, beautifully. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it, I'm only like what 
five two minutes ten, in, yeah, two, five minutes into the movie, and I'm like, whoa, this is so much better than Doctor No. Yeah, and and it's, I mean, I think Connery is the most locked into the character in this one. He's scary when he needs to be. There, there's just something beautiful about uh, just seeing him on a mission, seeing you know that. I mean, this this really sets the formula in motion, right? Like this is let's. Let's give Bond his orders. Now he's off to some exotic locale and he's got to take care of business. And um, we get Karim Bay is one of the best supporting character mentor figures in the series. Um, Tatiana, I think, is a fantastic character for the first half of the movie. Um, And we're really sort of establishing Spectre as a force to be feared. Um, we've gotten hints of it in Doctor No, but this is where we get to visit Specter Island, uh, and you've got Irma Bunt, who of is of course who is really... not Irma Bunt. Sorry, Rosa Kleb. Irma Kleb. Bunt is uh, Honor Majesties. God damn it! I knew. I that. always get the I always get their names mixed up. That's the that's really the hardest thing about the Bond movies so far is keeping up with all the fucking names. <laughs> Wait till you get to like your eighth, you blonde haired assassin. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, I am sorry. Uh, I did not mean Irma Bunt. I meant Kleb. Um, Kleb. So, but that scene with, with Kleb and Tatiana is is chilling, man. Uh-huh. Because From now on, you will do anything he says. And if I refuse, then you will not leave this room alive. You're a dead person. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's cold. And I and it, it even feeds into how Tatiana turns and decides Mm -hmm. okay i'm gonna help bond i know i'm working for the wrong people Mm -hmm. um but just and it is a very slow burn movie i will say there are some great action set pieces in it um but even for a slow burn of a movie i'm much more captivated by the story the the characters characters. well and even the slower bits are are punctuated by these exciting action sequences i mean the, the the raid on the romany camp is wild i mean it, what a huge leap forward in action from Dr. Yeah. No. Um, there's some gross stuff that goes down at that place too, but yeah. um, it's, it's, you know, it, it, by and large, this one feels, this one stripped down in a lot of ways. I forgot about this scene before doing a little bit of research for this, but the, the scene where he and Karen Bay are, are sniping, um, I forget who the so henchmen are good. at the time. Yeah, yeah. But when they're when the guy's crawling out of the window and Karen Bay is just aiming and using Bond's shoulder, and there's that that camaraderie yeah. between those two. Yeah, it may not be. Oh yeah, because he's in a he's in a cast, but he's like, let me let me kill Krill and Q. Yeah, yeah. And and they may not be in an action set piece at that point, but it's still a cool scene to watch. Yeah, just because you have this thing between he and Karen Bay, they're taking they're, people out. It's it's their chemistry is so great. Yeah. I was so happy recording this episode with you because I was like, I got him. Like I, cause you I, like after Dr. No, I was like, I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he'll get tired of these real quick, but like the excitement that you had to talk about this movie, I was just like, yeah, yeah, man, that's, that's where I'm at too. <laughs> hey, I mean, it helps when you have familiar actors in there as mm-hmm. well. That's also kind of, a difficult thing about especially these movies is you've got actors who are doing the performance. You've got people who are doing voiceover performances for them because uh-huh. they don't speak very good English. That's kind of a hard thing to, to sort of adapt to just coming for any kind of a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the more I watch movies, the older I get, the more I'm accepting of that. But 
I can I can understand why as a kid maybe I wasn't so apt to watch these because of things like that. Yeah. Because those those little things are always the kind of things that sort of sway you when you're a kid. You're like, that sounds weird, or those people are talking different, or you know, like or, or I don't like, know. It's oh, like, the gadget in this one is a suitcase that has money in it. <laughs> I mean, Great. luckily, yeah, it does have it does have gas and it does have a uh, a knife in the side. But like, I, one of the gadgets is literally like, and there's gold sovereigns in here. <laughs> I honestly forgot about that case and it probably yeah. would have been my top gadget now that you say that because that case want, is you pretty want those cool. doubloons <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh i there was a this was a clear choice i am thrilled that we had the same ranking because i i <laughs> promise you when we finish the moors it will not happen again <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny you should say that because, I mean, this is the end of the Connery era for us mm -hmm. here at Four New Eyes Only. We're done talking Connery for a little while. Yeah. Um, but we are now putting the Connery movies in the archive. We're moving on to Roger Moore, people. Yeah. This is who I associate bond with yeah I, I you know connery may have been the original bond but this is the first guy i knew as james bond i love that for you and i love that for us <laughs> i'm super excited I, I like i'm completely expecting nothing but cheese from here on <laughs> you might <laughs> be I'm, surprised yeah and, I, and i'm game for it i mean mm -hmm. i you know I, we we've talked about this a little bit off mic but like you know the the connery movies are what they are i'm anxious to see how we move on we got a little taste from on her majesty's secret service with a new actor but sure now we've got roger moore coming in who looks strikingly a lot like adam west <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can see it for sure. But uh, I know nothing about Live and Let Die. I know nothing about any of the uh, the Roger Moore movies other than A View to a Kill. And I'm super excited to move on to the next series of Bond movies. What are you hoping to get from this era? I don't really know. I'll be yeah. honest. Um, I just, I know, I know Roger Moore is a different caliber of actor than Connery. Um I've always, <laughs> uh -huh. I've, I've always just kind of thought I, that was the thing. Like I, even though I had never seen the Bond movies, I always thought it was a little weird that you had Connery and then Roger Moore. Like I didn't think those two, like, like how could those two play the same character? Sure. I, I don't even really know why I felt that way. Uh -huh. um, but I don't know. Like I'm anxious to see the, how, what kind of a gravitas Roger Moore brings after I've watched you know, Connery do Bond for six movies now. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm heartbroken that I don't get any more Lazenby. I would have loved to have seen more from him, but unfortunately that situation is what it is. Right. Um, but I just, I really want to go into the Roger Moore movies and have fun. I'll take the most convoluted of plot lines. I'll take the most cheesy dialogue. Uh -huh. Like, bring it on. I'm ready for it, dude. Like, I just want to see how how crazy the Roger Moore era goes. Maybe it doesn't go crazy at all. <laughs> That's for me to find out and for everybody who's seen them to know. My face hurts from smiling. So <laughs> uh, at the risk of getting stuck like this, if you had to guess what Live and Let Die is about, what would you say? When Bond was young and his heart was an open book. <laughs> 
He used uh-huh. to say, live and let live. You know he did, you know he did, you know he did. But in this ever-changing world that we live in, mm-hmm. now Bond's going to say, live and let die. <laughs> what does it matter to you? Uh, when you got yeah. a job to do, you got to do it well. I, I, was, I was trying to do McCartney's voice while doing the Axl Rose. <laughs> I mean, this this might be a good sort of like contrast to, to like me as a person. My first experience with the song "Live and Let Die" was Guns N' Roses, That's not so Wings. Funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. And I'm a huge Beatles fan. I've seen yeah. Paul McCartney live. I've seen him play "Live and Let Die" live. Uh, That's the only thing I have going in this movie. Yeah, one of my one of my besties went to go see him and and sent me a video of when the like explosions went off yeah. during Live and Let Die and I was like, "Yeah." And uh I was a huge Guns N' Roses fan when they covered Damn. that song back in the 90s mm-hmm. and I I love Paul McCartney, I love the Beatles, I love Wings. And just the fact that that's tied to this movie is the only thing I have to go off of. So we'll so we'll excited. see we'll see what what that means. Okay. Next year when we come back. Holy cow! Yeah, it's December. To start talking about the Roger Moore era. Absolutely, I can't wait. What do you hope to get out of me watching the Roger Moore movies, Nathan? Laughing your ass off, <laughs> like legitimately. I I've been really looking forward to these. Uh, you know, as much as I love. Um, uh, most of the Conneries and adore uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. This is what I've been really looking forward to. I feel like we are going to spend the next handful of months just sort of, even when they're bad, because there are some that are bad, uh, <laughs> just having these moments of of just joy and trying to figure them out. Live and Let Die is one I hold pretty high in my heart uh, <laughs> to the point where I'm like, I don't know if it's actually good. We'll figure it out next month. You know, everybody has those movies that you're like, uh-huh. you know, I know this isn't good. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I still love it. There's and... stuff about it though, that man, I, 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 I think is, is unambiguously good. Mm-hmm. It's just, does the whole package work? And right. I think that that's going to be a really big thing. I think, I think you're going to love the music um especially in the next one uh as a beatles fan we have seven more movies to talk yes, about sir yeah and a connery in there somewhere, somewhere depending on what what order we want to put it in so and for the listeners and viewers we will be talking about never say never again we just don't oh, yes. know where we're gonna throw it in just yeah. yet probably um, i mean somewhere around the octopussy episode just not sure if it'll be before or after octopussy i mean honestly if we're talking about the more era and we want to talk about like i'm octopussy is the name of the movie i want yeah. to know what the fuck is going on yeah. in this movie yeah so this is one i'm super like if i'm stoked to get to any of them I want to know what Octopussy is all about. What's the what's going on here? Yeah, exactly. Uh, is it a sequel to Bat Pussy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, a reference to the Batman '89 episode we did year years ago now. Two Jesus. years ago, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. It's crazy how long we've been podcasting now. I mean, it don't feel like yeah, it was that the long. The beginning of the Panini. <laughs> <laughs> the Panini. That's what we'll refer to that era as. Is that uh-huh. was the Panini era? <laughs> that was our Panera era. <laughs> 
I've been looking forward to talking Bond, talking Cage, uh, talking Mason all week, talking Candyman. This is a good. This is a good night for me. It, it was a great night, man. It, it's fun to relive these things and totally. I I did have some trouble remembering some of what happened in some of these movies, but I think that's part. <laughs> I think that's part of the charm of them. Yeah, from this point, one hundred percent. Let us know. Let us know what you think of our show. Let us know Please, if you like it. Yes. Let us know if you don't like it. Let us know if we're not talking about things that we should be talking about. We're going into the more era. Is there anything you would like us to focus on or talk about in particular about the more movies? Please totally. let us know in the comments below. We will interact with you as much as you want to talk to us about James Bond. Absolutely. Even though I have no knowledge, Nathan may have to come in and give you some knowledge when I don't we'll know see. any, but. We'll see. We will see you in 2023 when we're talking about Roger Moore era Bond. Until then, Nathan, stay shaken. Never, never stood. Oh, an extra never. <laughs>